Hi, this is Phil Bronstein, the editor, and you're listening to a San Francisco Chronicle podcast. Okay, right into it. This is Tim Goodman's TV Talk Machine podcast. Uh, this is a return to form. We have everybody in the booth. We've got the three-man booth. Yes. Yeah. So uh, strong. Oh good, good, good contribution. God, you had a week <laughs> off. Joe was off for a week. He uh, was, I think, in Pittsburgh. Yes, I was for my parents' fiftieth anniversary. Oh, we well, a shout out to them. A shout out to them, but they weren't listening to a podcast. Uh, they have no idea how. How do I turn this on? They have web TV, <laughs> which I couldn't even. I could barely get email off. Of. Oh, it's unbelievable. This is too low. Well, you know what? It's a it's a statement about television because that is the one appliance they're comfortable with as a television, as it should not be. A, not I actually bought them a computer once. They said, "Don't even take it out of the box. Return it. Save your wow. money." Wow. I'm going, to try, I'm going to try again this Christmas. And yet television warms their hearts. Television they're comfortable It's with. like another child. Probably their best one. <laughs> Probably their best behaved child and most entertaining and informative child. But you are back after. You missed a, a banner. We had a banner week without, uh, without you here. Uh, and there's no, <laughs> no link. And I'm not making any casting aspersions. There's no link to it. But uh, we did some serious stuff. There was no robes. Uh, I, I was actually serious. Uh, I interviewed David Duchovny for Californication. Californication. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you had no shorty robe on with Duchovny. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, he, you don't fancy him. In I way. do. I do fancy him quite yeah. a bit. But uh, it was a very serious situation. You know, his house was uh, nearly on fire. He was watching CNN. But we got a professional uh, podcast out of it. Uh, Benny, aka Manny, aka Bernie, uh, was manning the knobs and doing a fantastic job yes. uh, under difficult circumstances. And then we followed that up, preceded that with an interview with. Uh, podcast with uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, which is also up, and and so we had two block mega block best buster yes, podcasts in the same day. Very impressive. And and you say the uh, uh, the Ricky Gervais one could be in terms of record number of listeners. I think that's a gonna, record for yeah. You. I think I think eventually that will be our that will be our hit. It'll it'll probably overcome uh, episode fifteen. I think when you and I were, were shorty robes and bong hits and yeah. cougars. Which was probably where we introduced it. That was a that was fantastic. It was, was a pinnacle. It was of, a pinnacle of, of what we do, which is different from when I interview actual celebrities for the and podcast. And that's a break for you to interview, yeah, a celebrities. I, I don't normally want to do it, but I have to say it was hard to turn down uh, uh, Duchovny and Gervais in the same week. And since that happened, of course, that now I've got the two guys I originally lined up, uh, Keith Olbermann and and um, Jason Bateman, are both ready to do it at any at a moment's notice. But since this last week with Gervais and, and Duchovny, I've been getting inundated with people who are like, who do you want to talk to? Oh, yeah, look well, at this. Yeah, let's do it. The now publicist waking up to the power of podcasting. Power of podcasting. So, But anyway, we don't. those will be coming uh, soon, other ones of... Uh, but it's only people I like. And that's what I had to remind them. I'm like, no, I don't like that show or anyone on that show. Why don't you interview someone you don't like? Then you could ask penetrating questions and, and say, you know, your show blows. Why does it blow? Things along those I lines. I could interview you right now. <laughs> Why do you even write? Your stuff is so bad. <laughs> First question. Why do you soil why the Chronicle? Su- why do you suck? Stop writing. <laughs> All right. So let's get right to it because we have, we have so many emails and calls. It's just it's a chock full. Yeah. Let's okay. hit it. Let's get right and into it. The first it. one is wow. Yes. This is this is an angry one. This uh-huh. is from Amanda's aunt Lori. And uh, <laughs> to recap, Amanda mm-hmm. won the question girl contest, but has been missing in action. We, Failed we, to what appear. Is, what's the latest? On well, her? we probably should update people that uh, there was a failure to appear on her part. But then she did make a uh, uh, she did reach out to say kind of uh, you know what the beep 
I, I did that beep. Uh, so she did the, the little what the F uh, email to us, like, what's, I'm ready to do it. Uh, but, of course, I had to tell her. Today we have David Duchovny and Ricky Gervais. So, so she's also girl. been put back. She's been put back. So why don't we make this for sure next week? Get yeah. her on. It, you know what? I, I, what she I, what offered it, to drive down, right? Yes, and it, what, this is what has occurred to me. It really is beyond our level of communication with other people. I mean, I just... Beyond your level of communication. Exa- well, yeah, to be honest. I mean, I, I, you know, I miss appointments all the time. I need a secretary. I really do. Preferably a hot one in a shorty robe. But <laughs> I, I just I, I haven't been able to email her the questions, and I'm bad at that stuff. All right, right, let's get to it. Okay. From Amanda's Aunt Lori, hello, Tim. I just listened to Wednesday's podcast and was deeply disappointed when I did not hear my niece's dulcet tones sprinkled throughout. I wish you'd declare for the record that I did not make an ass of myself (laughs) on an internationally famous podcast and incur the loathing and disrespect of Question Boy, dickhead that he is. Oh, just to find that Ooh. my unreliable young niece, Amanda Pants, flaked out on you at her first opportunity. Oh. I did not anticipate this show of weakness from my young niece. She has let me down. Mm. I would ask that you give her one more chance to prove herself, but I fear that my request would be interpreted as sycophantic nepotism. <laughs> so I will refrain. Sincerely, Amanda's Aunt Lori. Wow, you pushed her buttons. Didn't you? Dickhead that I am. Dickhead that you are. And she just struck back at you. She lashed out. You know what? I got more respect for her now. Yeah. For challenging She's saying, she's calling her her niece out. Yeah. And I think think two weeks ago, that was warranted. But now I think Amanda really is ready to be on the show. We're just not. We should call us out. You know. Call you out. I know. You're the dickhead. I'm the dickhead. (laughs) Well, no surprise there. Okay. This is from Muddler. Muddler. That's his uh, bastard machine name. I guess so. He prefaced this as totally useless question. Knowing how much TV you watch, I assume you fast forward through opening credits quite a bit. But are there shows, alive or dead, that have opening credits which are so good because of the theme song or well shot, etc., that you watch them every time? Oh, yeah. Question boy, girl, should pause at this point for Tim's answers and then reveal that the correct answers are... okay. Okay, and I will refrain. All right, I will say. <clears throat> well, I used to. I still do the Simpsons, a classic. I still. I'll watch the Simpsons because they change it all the time. Um, I used to love the Malcolm in the Middle start. You know, and there's a lot of older stuff that I still that I still watch just just to get a kick out of. I listen to the Seinfeld start and the uh, 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 even some of the like the old ones on Hill Street Blues. Those were great intros. Uh, Rockford Files. Can't, cannot hear that song enough. How about the Get Smart intro? Oh, yeah. So classic. Yes. But uh, currently of modern ones, uh, I would say the best intros are, and I just, I, ha- I teach a class on television, and I just told, uh, we showed two of these in class, Dexter and Mad Men. Well, the muddler will be happy because his correct answers are Mad Men, Dexter, and Rescue Me. Oh yes, theme rescue me! Yeah, yeah, great theme music, yeah. and rock I would th- rock and theme music. And I will add to that that rock and theme music always gets me pumped to watch yeah. Rescue Me. And I will add to that Weeds. Gotta love the little boxes song, no matter who sings it. All right, this one is from Jesse from San Francisco via New Zealand, New Zealand. Wow, and not and never will be from Australia. Yes, a, little... a reference to our friends in Flight of the Concords. Yes. Hey, Tim, question boy, Benny, and Amanda Pants. Wow. Some wishful thinking on his part. Well, yeah, right wishful now. thinking, and, but good knowledge about who's in the booth. As a San Francisco native abroad in New Zealand, I must say I love how Flight of the Concords has become popular while I've been away. They show it on Prime TV here in New Zealand, 
and my friends and I gather around our TV in a box and watch the show. While we do have a telephone, our television only gets five channels, reception depending on where people sit in the living room. <laughs> wow. I must say, however, do not, not to quit your j- day jobs with your Kiwi accents. Oh, oh look at that. Oh, more people yeah, laughing Brit. at us. Hello, Brit. Brit. Present. I am no Kiwi, but the band really does have uh, you beat on this accent thing. Perhaps if you came to New Zealand, you could then imitate them, but otherwise, don't even try. Wow. Wow. Another note, the people I've met here view Brit. Brit. <laughs> and Jermaine as just two normal guys. Anyway, my question has nothing to do with New Zealand, but that of Lost. Oh, wow. Wow! My goodness. Wow, nonsense. I was lost in the question. <laughs> I am exi- excited that I will not get to miss any episodes as they start in February, but what if the writers strike? Are they filming writing episodes now to prepare for this possibility? Will the season stop midway through with us never knowing who was in the coffin? Will ABC not even start the season? Then, if they know that they will not be able to run them full-time... Your podcasts and shorty robes brighten my rainy New Zealand days. Thanks, Jesse. Wow, Jesse. Great Thanks. message. Br- Thank you. Jesse, present. 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 <laughs> oh. oh, she has a PS oh, as well. She or he. I, go, uh, I think it's a she. I oh, go to school better. in Oregon. Yes, I could be considered a kitten. So stop oh. raging on Amanda Pants from Ashland. It's a cool state. Have you been there anyways? <laughs> I have been. Oregon is a cool state. It and we beautiful. love the kittens. Yes. Have, we, have we turned? Are we kittenish oh, now? Kitten or? and cougar. I, that yeah, kitten mean. and cougar. I do not discriminate. Playing both sides. Yes. Uh, great question from Herc because it's timely. And when this podcast goes up, it'll be Wednesday, uh, Halloween, which is appropriately scary. But this is when the Writer Strike, uh, Writers Guild of America contract is up on Halloween. It's up on the thirty first. So if there is a strike, and we will have a, I, I think a column for me on the paper on Wednesday. Uh, if there is a writer strike, a couple. There's a lot of things that are in play, but know this. Uh, Lost has already filmed a bunch of its episodes right now, just because they're holding it until January in our time, um, so that they can have un- uninterrupted episodes. Doesn't mean they haven't filmed some already. That said, even shows that are currently in production and writing, and uh, this will if a, if a strike goes off on Wednesday, then it's not only going to affect this year but next year because pilots pilot scripts for next year are being rewritten and uh, and retooled right now, and that'll all stop. So cable and broadcast both will stop production of any any writing. Um, and then what will happen? Well, it will that you know that's the big question: how long will it last? But definitely, it leaves a lot of series up in the air. Most series probably will have eight eight in the can, maybe a couple of extra scripts. Um, the networks have been preparing for this. They've been they've been uh, saving episodes, like like they saved five episodes last year from Men and Trees. So they'll have some scripted material that will. Go through because it's been pre-done, but mostly what's going to happen is series will stop in the middle. They will not. There's no way that any series in the air will get 22 episodes out. There's no way. It's just not possible. So uh, production will stop, uh, and they will either do reruns or more likely they will uh, put a lot of um, game shows and reality programming cool. on there. Well, now, what about a program that is a it's a first year program and they're kind of on the bubble? These are the programs will be hurt the most because they are kind of halfway through the production process. They don't know if they're going to be renewed or not. Uh, and then, then what happens with those type of programs? Yes, that's uh, that's a great question. That that they will be hurt the most because if you have a built in fan base on a show that's already in its sophomore plus years, then they're already a hit, quote unquote, and they have a built in audience like Lost. People will come back to that no matter how late you stay off. You got a show like Dirty Sexy Money or maybe one of these new newbie shows, Reaper or something like that. Yeah, you have still haven't built your loyalty. The network doesn't know if they want to keep it yet. So what's going to happen? The network's going to have to make a decision. Do we tear down the sets? 
do we keep the cast on retainer during all this, or, or, or are we better off uh, burning everything down and saving some money and restarting? Because if the audience isn't there, uh, they're not going to be there in X amount of weeks when the strike ends. So uh, big changes in and the TV industry. What about like the, the cable networks start their shows in the summer? Are they going to be hurt more by this? Um, they could be. Some of their stuff is being filmed. You know, A lot of it uh, is being filmed and written right now. But that will all end. So a lot of cable stuff that, that that we like and we normally watch is being filmed, you know, in their off season as we speak. But everything shuts down. I mean, the rule is, if you're a writer and you're in the writers guild and they go on strike, no more revisions, no more scripts, no more tweaking. You're done. So let's hope they settle it before too long. Here, this next one is from Tim, still in Monterey and loving it. I'm still watching Chuck. It's kind of fun if predictable, and she's way too hot not to tune in. And this week's other hot. Redhead, Spy was even hotter. Hey, I'm easy. Sue me. But there's a worrying phenomenon, and it's Chuck's eyebrows. Oh. Maybe it's a phenomenon of HD, but his carefully cultivated, quote, slightly scruffy and disheveled look is seriously compromised, but what appears to be a heavily manicured brow between the eyes. It's a scary. (laughs) Why I'm concerning myself with such things when they're hot chick spies riding around kicking ass is also worrying me. So, question is, do networks do anything different when targeting HD? Tim, still in Monterey and loving it, still getting the HD love with the rabbit ears, though the sharks are still taunting me towards cable. Oh, uh, yeah, sharks. Uh, well, that's a whole other discussion. But uh, I think the technical term for what Tim is getting at there, Tim from Monterey, and still loving it yeah, Monterey. Still loving it. Yes. Uh, is unibrow. It's a unibrow. It is a unibrow, yeah. yes. You know. First, a lot of people have had unibrows, a lot of famous unibrows. Uh, uh, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields was probably the most famous unibrow. Yeah, because that was the hot unibrow. It doesn't look so good on the guy. No. Or a girl, really, but Brooke Shields is phenomenal. Seriously. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, the HD thing is, is an issue. Um, yes, there's a, the makeup artists are going to be in a real work because a lot of people don't have flawless skin. And if you have HD, you know that already because they show close-ups of actors and you can see all the... The makeup, and you can see the the, the facial imperfections, and uh, yeah, there'll probably be less close-ups or just some kind of different HD-proof makeup. It's bad news for Bill Maher. <laughs> <laughs> horrible, wow. skin. horrible skin. Yeah, oh yeah, good, good uh, lights out punch right there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Lisa in San Leandro. Mm-hmm. Why? Why indeed? Why does Entertainment Weekly say this? The Bionic Woman is a show worth saving. Ooh. It's worth saving only to educate burgeoning TV screenwriters in a basic class, basic class of what not to do in devising a show. Here we have a thoroughly passive main character who we only know of her genius because of we are told about it in passing. Mm. She demonstrates none of the attributes that are supposedly a part of her. Mm-hmm. Most of the other characters outshine her. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of stunned that anyone would say it's worth saving. I know you haven't said so. I'm just curious about what you think it is, about it at this stage of the game. Love your column and your blog. Keep up the great work. Lisa in San Leandro. Thank you, Lisa. That's great stuff. Is she the only all, one nationally breaking down the bionic woman in, in this sort of detail? I loved it. It was, it was uh, you know, she, she brought up the show-don't-tell aspect of great drama and how the bionic woman is not following through that. She brought up the point that I made long, long ago. That the, that the supporting cast, that essentially the bad Bionic Woman, Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica, is the show, not the real Bionic Woman. She's a bad actress. Yeah. You know what? For, and just to the point, 
nobody should be reading Entertainment Weekly for their critical analysis. Really? You're not uh, a so, uh, Ken Tucker fan or the other folks? No, I, I, I like Ken Tucker. We have different tastes. But um, no, a lot of the writing there is just crappy. Wow. He's a bit more of a populist than you are, correct? Yeah, I like I like him. He's uh, 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 but we have different tastes. But I mean, it's, uh, some of the other people there a little sucky up, a little suck up to the industry. Really? Not a whole lot of insight. All right. Yeah. Okay. This next one is from Jay. Parts unknown. Parts unknown. Hi Tim. Hi question boy. Welcome question girl. Another shout out to an empty room. Empty room. And you know what? That's going to be an issue because if we don't get Amanda in here soon, you know, Gerlina. Yeah. You know, there's a line. There there's is, a line, honey. Oh my God. It's just uh, woo. Happy to hear that you're back on podcasting duties. Question for you about heroes. Yes. With NBC backing out of iTunes, my option as an American contractor with a Mac in London are pretty limited as far Ooh. as I know. So London were... International, again, international wow. podcast. Internationally. No famous. wonder Gervais wanted to do it. <laughs> it was all for Jay. Yep. So here are her options. Tape it at home and watch it when I get home. Mm. NBC.com shows the episodes, but you can only watch them if you're in the States. Mm. Amazon's Unbox, which only works on a PTA. I guess the question that comes to mind is WTF. Yes. That's, that's how we say it here. Ah. Uh, are they trying to push people into BitTorrent? Look at you. BitTorrent. Wow, a lot of technical stuff. Uh, Jay, what's, what's Jay's name? Jay is Jay. Jay, just, we don't know if it's a girl or a boy. Uh, or is it J-A-Y? No, it's just J. Just the letter J. The letter J. All right, Letter J, this podcast brought to you by the Letter J. You know what? First of all, two things. Too techy. Too much tech stuff. Yep. We can't, we, look, Save come it on. For, that's a tech talk. Yeah, take, we should bring Benny in Benny, here. We, ben, yeah, Benny, in fact, Benny, my answer to, to J, singular, would be, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, I would say your answer, since you, well, A, you could go to the new NBC uh, hub, which is going to come and up. And they're testing Hulu right now. Hulu, which, which will yes. be their new hub where but you can go do That's just testing. Yeah. That's testing. I think you can get to it soon. Uh, Hulu is an option. Uh, Mr. Tech Talk, could they use a Slingbox? You could probably use a Slingbox. I'm not exactly sure how you would, you would TiVo that, you know, with the time zone differences and everything, but that might be an option. I think you can get one for under 200 bucks, and, right. and there's, no, there's no subscription fees. Can, can you sling internationally, though? You can sling internationally, yeah. Oh. yeah. That's, wow. what it was, that's one of the things it was made for, so you can get, oh. you can get it anywhere. But it, there's other ways to do it. I'm, I'm not exactly what sure, sure what NBC's strategy here is. It does seem like it's pissing off a lot more people than yeah. it's helping. Agreed. But I think they want to try to get people going to their website more than going to iTunes and feeding Steve Jobs any more money than, than they want to. Right, right. And I think that that also segues into a, a, this issue of the players that are built in at the networks with the inline players and, and the quality and having to watch commercials. I've been, I've been trying to watch The Office just to test it out yeah, and see uh-huh. how it works, and it's horrible. Yeah. It's choppy. You do have to watch those commercials so they stick in in every, every instance, and yeah. it's not, not a very good experience at all. Definitely nothing like uh, trying to do it off iTunes. iTunes is better, yeah. And so. It was much better, and I think, they, I think NBC really is doing uh, their fans a disservice by not sticking with them. I think so, too. But that's NBC. It's GE. Buy a light bulb and, and get the show. Get the office. All right, we move on. We let, that's, a, that's way too much tech talk. Man, I, anybody, I actually left the room during that. You want to have a little gore, you want a little gore pitch in here? All right, this is from our good friend George D. from the 415. It wouldn't be a podcast without George D. You know, George D. is like elbowing out other, uh, other emailers and callers. Yeah, he always has a good one. That's why we good, have him. That's why good we, Sir it, Tim. Yeah. I was curious, which day you thought was the best night for television? And which is the worst, based on current lineups, excluding Friday and Saturday? 
Oh. With damages gone, I personally vote for Tuesday as the worst. You got to have Friday in there. I can see the argument not having Saturday since that's the graveyard. But they do program everybody. Every network programs Friday. I don't think you can exclude Friday. So I think Friday would be the worst. But it's George D's world, and we only answer the questions in it. Kind of like Second Life. Uh, and you know what? That's a good Second Life memory. Do you know that CNN today announced that they're going to open a bureau in Second Life? And much like everything else in Second Life, <laughs> no one will be there. No one will be there. Exactly. It'll be lame. They'll be late. Uh, Tuesday is right. Tuesday is the worst night of television. All right. This is uh, Ben from Calgary, oh, yes. Alberta. Or as my friend from there says, Calgary. Calgary. Really? Yes. He says, Ooh. hey, Tim Goodman. Mm-hmm. Big fan of The Bastard Machine and the podcast. In your Monday, October 22nd article about fixing HBO, you list a bunch of upcoming HBO programs. I noticed that Eastbound and Down, the Will Ferrell, Adam McKay produced comedy pilot starring Danny McBride, was missing from that lineup. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea what the status of it is? I'm really hoping it gets picked up because I think Danny McBride will be the next big thing in comedy. Thanks, Ben. Ben, Eastbound and Down. Uh, whoa, what is, I guess this, uh, the best way to say it is, quote-unquote, in production, which means that we don't really know uh, whether it's going to make it or not. Um, same thing for, um, <clears throat> I made this point the other day, too, that a lot of the Brit shows... Uh, Brit. No, Brit. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the British shows that were picked up by um, HBO and Showtime Specifically, Suburban Shootout and Nighty Night, which I looked forward to seeing uh, redone, um, I just don't pop up on the radar anywhere. They, you know, they, allegedly they bought them. Same thing with this show; uh, they bought them, but there's no, they're not, no one's talking, no one has talked about them for months. Is that a bad sign? That is a bad sign. But you never know. But again, with the writer strike, I wouldn't count on it. But we it is a bad them. sign that it's not on the radar. The writer strike. Are we going to see some maybe some really lame stuff that was didn't quite make it and, and plugged in there? That's yeah. kind of the, maybe there's a five or six episodes on the show. Any, I think anything that you've got essentially anything that you've got taped, you'll put on depending how long it goes. Wow. I, I, here's what I say. You know, what? I don't want to be you know fueling a, a strike that keeps writers out. But if this goes on for a long time, NBC would be wise to play, play its classics. Put Seinfeld back on, oh, you know? interesting. Put Hill Street Blues on. You don't think I would watch Hill Street Blues over most of the crap that came out this fall? Hell yeah, I would. How about Super Train? Yes, I would watch Super Train. And I, you know what else I would watch? I would watch uh, Homicide Life on the Street. There we go. See? A lot of good stuff. This is from Liza in SF. She describes herself as a longtime lurker, very occasional poster on the Bastard Machine. Yes, Liza. Liza with an L. Um, yes. And a Z. Yes. Nice. Dear- good reference there. Dear Sir Tim, first, thanks for your outspoken praise of Keith Olbermann's work on Countdown. Your write-ups are the reason I started watching, and it's made me smarter and angrier <laughs> and better informed in wow. every way. I like except, her already. Oh. Except for one, mm-hmm. which leads to my question. Do you have any idea why Mr. Olbermann is apparently so obsessed with Britney Spears? Mm. Or forget why. Do you have any idea how we can make this stop? <laughs> A 30-second mention now and then during his celebrity news summary would be understandable, but whole segments two or three times a week, week after week? <laughs> after he spends most of his show calling out the biggest, most dangerous bullies and idiots in government and the media, why finish up by picking on a dumb little girl? It's such a letdown, and when commentary from Michael Musto is involved, it's outright creepy. Does MSNBC make him do it because they think his viewers will be amused? If so, where should I go to tell him a little story about that? Best regards to you, to Question Boy, and to Ms. Pants, if present. 
Nice. Liza. Nice. Another reference to Amanda Pants. Yes. I... Or possibly to Mrs. Cranky Pants, but I think it's Amanda Pants. Very interesting. Have you ever confused the two, Amanda Pants and Mrs. Cranky Pants? <laughs> no, I, no, no, I don't. Uh, but I could send him an email and tell him to stop, I guess. Power of the press. Stop. There you go. Or you can ask him that when he comes on the uh, when he does when he comes on the podcast. Say so why it, the Britney. You stuff. could interrupt the bootlicking that you'll be giving. Yeah, it's a for... total ass kick, kissing. Yeah, yeah. Friends right. only. Here's I'll a, ask him. Here's a um, a, one, a note from Terry. Terry, yes. Uh, about Mad Men, please speak on your podcast about the season finale of Mad Men. I think I like that show more than anything I've watched on television. Uh, you know, I'm a longtime Mad Men fan, and and but it is a divisive show in that some people just don't like it. Some people don't. I was at a dinner party, very lovely dinner party, actually. Yes, it was very very nice uh, on Saturday night, and we did talk. Some people did talk about some television. It happens at parties when they find out what you do for a living. Uh, and they were not on board. A few of the like the the two people... is this is this a male female thing? By the way, they were both That's female and they didn't like it. But I know a lot of women who love Mad Men, and I tried to argue. Uh, I tried to argue my way into their hearts about that show. But I loved it. I loved the ending. I think um, we're, well, we're going to be spoilers here, but I, I won't be a big spoiler. I will just say that the development with the secretary, the pregnancy. Yes, that was. Uh, uh, which you just spoiled. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What's, it was on two weeks ago. You got to catch up. Come on. Uh, what so, do we got? Hey, yeah. oh, by the way, uh, Friends is off the air. <laughs> Seinfeld's off the air. The Berlin Wall fell. <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch. I mean, it's plausible. No, no I'm sorry. You don't. It's a bit uh, of a it's stretch. It's not a, a, you don't have like a prolific weight gain. I and, 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 and not. And carry a child for nine months and not know it. Yeah. I, I mean, know. you have to be enormous people. That happens to enormous people. Right. But not someone who is relatively. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the, it was the indefensible part of the, the, the part. Otherwise, but I still great. love it. Yeah, I still love the series. Show. I've written a lot about that. So you can read that uh, at SFGate. A lot of stuff on Mad Men. And I will continue to write about Mad Men. This next one is from Pat. In Marshfield, Massachusetts. Our old friend Pat. Yes. He's currently battling uh, George D. for uh, most uh, letters. But they both follow the policy. Good questions. Get on. Hi, Tim. Who are producers and what do they do? Mm-hmm. At the end of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, there's a long, there's this long laundry list of producers, co-producers, executive producers, etc. The list goes on and on. I kind of figured that it was some sort of gag, just a list of Larry David's friends, the mailman, the dry cleaner, etc., <laughs> But recently, I was watching an episode of Bones and kept count. Wow. After the actors and writers were credited, I counted four co-producers, four producers, one consulting producer, three co-executive producers, four executive producers, and one supervising producer. Given how many producers there are, it makes sense that they have a supervisor to coordinate all this producing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and let's, uh, let's just uh, tip the cap to Pat for spending time just you know, freeze-framing. Freeze-framing Bones. Bones, the credits to Bones oh, to man. come up with that exhaustive list. You know what? That's playing the game, Pat. That's dedication above and beyond, I think. But here's the answer in a nutshell. Um, it's all about money. If you're an executive producer, you've generally created the series. I mean, whatever. Somebody, if they inspired the series, they can be a, uh, an executive producer. An executive producer essentially made the show or is a star big enough like David Duchovny to be an executive producer. They have input on content. Um, if in later years a show like Friends runs for so long, you'd, new executive producers will be named because they are showrunners. Are you okay over there? <laughs> 
Joe's uh, he's choking up. He's uh, <laughs> leaving the building. Uh, they, the the executive producers, if they're a showrunner, they'll they'll get credit for being that as well. But mostly, it's about money. It's about who's a writer. It, it it changes on the writer's salary. You're a writer at one point, and then you're a you're a producer. The consulting producer is probably somebody who came up with the idea. But uh, hey, welcome back to the Are podcast. You still talking about producers? Yeah, I know. I just I, I was distracted by you. I thought you were going to die out there, and I might have to have Benny go out there and give you mouth to mouth. No, please. And I'd when, rather die. And then when you fell over, I saw up your robe. It was uh, frightening. Yeah, they look just, I better put it back on. Trim right that now. up a little bit. Yeah. Man, it's a it mess. Fell, I coughed it off. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> It's a mess down there. But anyway, uh, if anybody's still listening, the producer is about money. You're a step up from being a writer to a producer. You make more money. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Oh, Christ. Let's get on to the last question. Okay. Let me preface this last question, but I hid this one in there because I got this email, and it's directed at you, question boy. And and you know, you've had a little bit of a rough time. You you know, a little bit of... Catching the throat, probably from your vacation. A little bit of water here, not Ken Burns. <laughs> Too many water. bong hits. I Too think. many bong hits. And and uh, so this person is sending a letter to you. Okay, this is from uh, Will G in Scranton, another Scranton. old friend. Here. Yes. Given that Question Boy seemed confused, easily distracted, and amazingly unprepared in the last TVTM podcast, <laughs> I have included emotional cues for him in this letter. The cues are based on the following basic web markup language, and are as follows. He's giving me a Q key here. A Q key, Word yeah. equals say the passage that follows in the mu- mood, style, or manner designated by the word. Wow. Slash word equals cease the mood, style, or manner designated <laughs> by the word. Look for the next word Q. Of course, given the level of preparedness <laughs> that is brought to you, <laughs> that is brought to the TVTM, I anticipate that QB will likely botch the reading of this letter. <laughs> QB. Even, even after reading or failing to read my key. You oh, did like read a, it, though. I saw yes. I've officially read the cue. Yeah, Will. I don't know. Therefore, I have <laughs> appended a clear copy of my letter without cues. Wow. In case of emergencies <laughs> and or general incompetence or confusion. In wow. case of what emergency could there possibly be here? <laughs> you coughed and died, and I saw up your robe. All right. So here we go. Now, here's the thing. We're now reading this cold. Of yes. course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> this is a stunner. I'm reading with this without preparation. <laughs> Woo. Dear Tim. Now that the fall season is in full swing, with bad show after bad show being unleashed <laughs> upon the awitting American public and returning network shows of failing to impress, I had a question about a fail pilot that we have not heard much about, the American adaptation of The Thick of It by Arrested Development creator Mitch Hurwitz. Yes. Why wasn't this show picked up by ABC? <laughs> Didn't those dimwits of the network know they were dealing with one of the greatest comedic geniuses of our time. I know that some of the premiums expressed interest after ABC passed. Have you seen the pilot? If so, what did you think about the thick of it? And what are the chances that HBO or Showtime will pick it up? Yours with anger, Will G. Wow. Thank you. You know that helps. Maybe people, everybody should write those in because I, I feel like uh, I feel you know well calibrated. Now. Yeah, the, he got he nailed it. You that yeah. was like a well calibrated. The timber in your voice was perf- pitch perfect <laughs> on every inflection, which is a first for this podcast. Many times you're just you're shouting for no reason, or or you come to the end with a question mark and there's no question. It's a mess. But you know, Will in Scranton has set you straight. Will but G. The answer to his question is 
No, I have not seen the thick of it. I've seen the original one, and I love the British version. I guess I could call Mitch Hurwitz and get a copy of it. I was really surprised that they turned, they didn't pick it up. Uh, it had generated a lot of heat among people who had actually seen it early on in the in the business. Um, no, I don't think HBO or Showtime would pick that series up because HBO doesn't pick up anybody's sloppy seconds. That's their policy. And I don't think it fits the Showtime mantra right now. Showtime's got some other shows in development. I think it's just one of those things where it's a good pilot and that got a lot of buzz and it didn't get picked up, and that's it. End of story. Too bad, though. But given the current state of uh, uh, Brit shows, Brit. <laughs> then maybe it's not such a bad thing uh, since Viva Laughlin was butchered, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I wouldn't look for the thick of it. But now we have calls. Tim, this is Lily from the blog. Uh, uh, you mentioned that you talked to the HBO people. And uh, I was interested in if you heard anything about True Blood. Uh, I've read Charlene Harris's Southern Vampire series for several years, and it's great. When it was first on, heard that it was going to be on TV, I figured they'd screwed up. But then I heard it was going to be on HBO, produced by Alan Ball. Uh, could you please let me know if you know anything on its status? Thanks. Yes, that, uh, Alan Ball is uh, doing True, True Blood, and uh, it, it is coming out. It, it, HBO is going to – it's in the pipeline. So when we see it, I, I don't know for sure, but uh, uh, you will see that, that series. Hi, Sir Tim, and question boy or girl, if she ever shows up. Uh, I am Ricky Gervais' biggest fan, and I'm sincerely hoping that you haven't recorded the podcast with him yet because as his biggest fan, and, and I'll explain why I – I'm his biggest fan in a second. I have uh, an, a question, an important question for Ricky that I'd like you to ask him. So uh, I am Ricky Gervais' biggest fan in the United States. <clears throat> uh, it's a select group, actually. They're a select group of, of biggest fans, and you can tell who Ricky Gervais' biggest fans are because not only have they listened to all 742 hours of his podcasts, but they've also gone back and listened to the probably twice as twice as long number and, and length of his earlier XFM shows, which was a local London radio station, which were genius. In fact, my time spent with those two forms of media were probably some of the, my favorite times of my life. Uh, so my question for Ricky is, and I hope you'd ask him, please, as his biggest fan, um, Ricky, uh, when are you going to go back to the podcast with Carl and Stephen? Uh, it's a really important question because uh, it's pretty much the most exposure you can get to Ricky Gervais. Um, his stand-up and his TV is sort of too mediated. This is like Ricky's id on display. Uh, and then there's Carl Pilkington, which if you don't know about Carl Pilkington, you should just go listen. Um, so that's my question. Please ask him, Sir Tim, if you haven't recorded the podcast yet. yet. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, this was uh, Ethan in L.A. Oh, Ethan in L.A. Well, it's an L.A. call. We like those. Uh, I did record the, the podcast. Um, and, and, it, and it's not because we didn't like your question or anything like that. But it's when I do the other interview, it's, interviews, it's just uh, we don't take uh, questions for those. But the answer is, yes, he's still doing it. He's actually doing a couple of um, specials, and, it, and uh, Carl Pilkington will be involved in those as well. Yeah, and I agree. The, free, the early ones for The Guardian that The Guardian ran that were free, I, think, I thought those were fantastic. Uh, and then you had to pay for some of the podcasts. And then I think he's going to do some free ones again. And he loved it. And he loved to do our podcast, which was, which was an honor. Uh, <clears throat> Ricky Gervais's uh, attorneys just called 
<laughs> and they have already issued, asked for a restraining order against um, Ethan. Ethan in LA. Ethan has actually been, he's actually in a chokehold right now uh, on his <laughs> he's, knees. He's being tasered as he's we speak. He's being tasered somewhere in London looking for Ricky Gervais. Uh, all right. Hey, Tim. Question boy. This is Martin in San Francisco. Uh, I listened to the podcast this morning. Good stuff, but I got to take umbrage with uh, the way you answered Allison's question uh, when you said, I can see how advertisers want to shill their product on TV. I mean, come on. I thought you were on the side of the viewer, not the side of the advertiser. Next, you'll be saying, oh, tobacco companies deserve to make money because my stock portfolio is going down. What a bunch of crap. I'll even give you some uh, Bill Walton. Uh, that was a bad call, bad officiating. <laughs> Send someone off the bench. Thanks a lot. Love you guys. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was the angriest Bill Walton ever. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. <laughs> the horrible. If you're going to do Walton, you've got to stretch it out. This is the NBA. <laughs> wow. Well, we love that because uh, we love all things Bill Walton, and especially, especially angry Bill Walton. Yes. Did right. I say something about... I, I don't know, but right now I'm smoking a Marlboro. <laughs> uh, this this podcast brought to you by <laughs> the tobacco industry. Oh, I you know I don't know I I don't know why you know God, I can't remember what I said last week or two weeks ago, but I will. Ah, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, why am I supposed to come out for or against commercials? I think I, I will say that it's free television. You got to have commercials in there. Yeah, it's Fast free country. Through them. It's yeah, a free exactly. country. Free, free country. TV. Don't watch them. Or as I said many, many times, vote with your remote. Yes. Fast forward through it. Why not? But we. But by the way, we love <clears throat> love Bill Walton. More Bill Walton references. Yes. Be welcome. And bring bring your impressions. That was very good. Hey Tim, this is Eric. I was wondering if you know anything about uh, Long Way Round, Ewan McGregor's show. Uh, they're doing a new one, Long Way Down, which I think is supposed to air sometime this fall. Let me know if you know anything about it. Thanks. Yes, that's uh, Ewan McGregor's uh, Motorcycle Journeys, and um, that was a lot of people's kind of cult favorite. I, and I did know he was doing another one. I don't know when it's going to air, though, but we'll, we'll probably do a little heads up either on the podcast or on the blog or even in the Chronicle, one of the three. Hey, Tim and Joe and Amanda Pants and Benny. Uh, this is Aaron or Aaron Twin Peaks from The Bastard Machine, representing from the 650. <laughs> and I had a question about Mad Men, which is – finished its run and was fantastic. My question is that I had heard a rumor that when it comes back in the second season that it's going to be two years in the future, so 1962, and I was wondering if you knew anything more about that. Um, love the blog and the Bastard Machine, and uh, especially love Question Boy. Enjoy the singing. Um, I hope that you guys are doing well, and I look forward to hopefully hearing from you on the next podcast. Thanks. Wow, that's the first love you've got yes, all I, this whole podcast. I've been called a dickhead. Yes, I've been, dickhead. I've been ridiculed for my question answer. And you're asking. Yeah, and I talk to <laughs> you. <laughs> question and answering. answering and talk, essentially for everything. But Wait, to, she's, she's Aaron from Twin Peaks and representing the 650. How does that work? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, she'll have to call in and answer that. That's another, but that should go to Tech Talk. That's a technical yeah. question. <laughs> that Benny, how could, how is that possible? <laughs> is she slingboxing herself somewhere? <laughs> Maybe her cell phone is a 650. Who knows? That's a good question. She's got a sexy voice, though. Uh, and, uh, and she's a woman who likes uh, Mad Men right there. Yes. Um, Thank you, Aaron. You know what? Yes, I have heard that it's going to be set in 1962, two years in the present. But I only heard that because I haven't actually looked into it and everybody's been talking about it. I will email uh, Matt Weiner and figure it out for sure. And um, I will put it on the 
the blog. I, I saw s- a little post a party after the Mad Men finale. He seems like a like a nice he's everyday a, guy. He's a great guy. Love him. He is he is just a lot of fun. Really good guy. Really great writer. And um, it's good seeing the cast with all that gel in their hairs too. I you know. I know. Uh, but you missed, I missed the furniture already, and the suits. The furniture you missed. Uh, yeah, I, the, 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 that series has just got a lot of great modern furniture in it. It's nineteen sixty. It's perfect. Eames chairs. Come on. Wow. All right. Nelson. Why don't you stuff? do a furniture podcast? I, I would do that. Absolutely. Might be more entertaining than this one. Well, no doubt. <laughs> Hi, this is Jeremy from Portland calling. I just listened to your interview with David Duchovny, and I was confused by one point. Uh, he m- made one or two references to the fact that he had been on two television shows which had been pilots, which had been picked up and ran for many years. And I was wondering, what the heck was he talking about? I know the X-Files. But the only other show I could think of was Twin Peaks, but he wasn't on that until the second season, so he wasn't on the pilot episode. Uh, what was he? Ta- what was the second show he's talking about? Thank you very much. Bye. Ah, uh, the second show is one that Question Boy, no doubt, is very familiar with. Uh, also, a Showtime series called The Red Shoe Diaries. Wow, that is excellent knowledge on mm-hmm. your part. Very good. I thought you would be stumped by that. I thought we were playing Stump Stump Sir Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Red Shoe Diaries. Hi, Tim. This is Yvette from the East Bay, and I had a question about Battlestar Galactica. I just finished watching the last season uh, through TiVo and thought that the second half of the season was woefully disjointed and wanted to know if you had a similar reaction to it. I just thought that they could have done things so much better and that they kind of betrayed their characters and wanted to know what your opinion was. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Yvette from the East Bay. Double E. That might be a Y. Oh, it could be Yvette. 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 I love the name. I've totally butchered it, but I love it. (laughs) Uh, Battlestar Galactica, she's clearly playing into the wheelhouse of of shows I like, but also playing into the dark corner of my inability to remember anything. So, uh, yeah, I don't remember the second half. I I do. Should we talk about Red Shoe Diaries and stuff? (laughs) Exactly. No, that's (laughs) your specialty, not mine. It was uh, a. Many late nights. Many watching, late nights. Who hasn't? Went through, yes. went it's, it's softcore porn. I prefer to, to think of it as uh, fine drama. Loving loving dramas. Yes. Lovingly rendered uh, drama portraits with, of intimacy. Yes. Yes. With people with little clothing on. <laughs> right. <laughs> people with well-tended gardens. <laughs> you never saw gardens on there. There's, there's no... There was no, no architectural but you do now. digest. Yeah. yeah, but now all over pay cable you do now. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's gardens everywhere. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. Yeah, well, well I wouldn't say boring. <laughs> you know, this all actually ties back because Duchovny in Californication talks about the fact that there's there's like no gardening anymore, that there's nothing to garden anymore. No, and that, exactly. And A lot of fallow fields. Yeah, <laughs> and he finds that to be disturbing, and he likes a little garden. Really? Does he like a big garden? Uh, not not like you know, not like a 1972 Playboy. I'm yeah, sure, but yeah. he's he's. I think he likes a little something. Wow, his character good. does. Yeah, that it's like be, retro. He might be kind of bringing it back. He's bringing on, back he's the, the cusp. Gardens. He brought it into the national debate, I think, gardening and, I, and lack thereof. As well, it should be. It's interesting. It's an interesting topic. But you know what? We've come full circle on this thing. Uh, I will answer a question though. I did think that the end of Battlestar Galactica was definitely different. I don't. You could probably make an argument that some of the characters were out of character as they how, how reacted. But I liked how it ended, and I like how it's going to move forward. I just hope they don't split it into two seasons as they say they are. But yeah, I think the whole thing of Starbuck and and uh, and also sort sort of how it wrapped up intriguing from what I remember. 
But now I've like lost my train of thought. I'm all that was months ago. Now you're thinking about gardens. Now it's a now it's a gardening podcast. <laughs> like, just, yeah, yeah. Welcome to my garden party. <laughs> Who's that? That was uh, Ricky uh, Ricky Nelson. Wow. Thank you. All right. Wow. And I think that yeah, from was from 1972, <laughs> I believe. Really? Yeah. Oh man, Who we knows just what he was thinking. He was we missed the metaphor back then. Ah, that's right. That's right. Well, we have tied it all together here on another TV talk show. Oh, that's not even the name of the show. <laughs> For Christ. I say, wow. <laughs> We've tied it all together on another TV Talk Machine podcast. And if you want to have your question answered here or mocked or ridiculed or not answered, you can call 1-888-SFC-TV-TM. Thank God you to make me to do that. I know. I thought you needed a reprieve. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.